Matt, what is your best experience so far in education? Easy, mate. Must be last year when I was out in South Africa teaching as an international volunteer. Learned so much about myself, both personally and professionally. And to be honest with you, I can't wait to go out and do it again, but this time somewhere new. Well, that's ideal. I might have something right up your street, mate. I know a charity called Learn, Achieve, Become, and they've got some class projects over in Madagascar, Kenya and Central America, and they look to provide free education to children who need it most. Sounds absolutely perfect, mate. Where can I sign up? Well, firstly, go and check out their website at www.learnachievebecome.org and you can get all the information on there about their projects that they've got ongoing right now and also how to become a volunteer as well. Perfect. And where can I find them on Instagram? At learn underscore achieve underscore become. And make sure you're following at the Teachers of Tomorrow so we can guide you in the right direction if you want to become a volunteer. Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode with your co-host, Matt, soon to be Mr. Aldring. And your co-host, Sam, soon to be Mr. Gregory. And we are here to share our journey, experiences and views on all things education. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening in. And welcome back to another Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode. Uh, today, we're delighted today, we're joined by wonderful Shannon Doherty, uh, year two teacher, senior leader, and author of the upcoming book, 100 Ideas for Primary Teachers, Maths. Uh, Shannon, first of all, thanks for coming on the uh, the podcast with us. It's um, great to connect with you um, a couple of weeks ago when we did. Um, and yeah, you know, thanks for taking the time to to jump on with us tonight. Thank you for having me. It's an honour. Well, some people would not say that. Some people yeah, yeah. would not say that. So. I, think, I think that's the first time someone said that to us, to be honest with you. But I know. We'll I see- feel like we should take a little bow. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see at the end of the podcast, won't we? If, if she thinks it's an honour or not. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but no, like I say, you know, really excited to chat to you about, um, obviously, teaching, your teaching journey, um, your passion for maths particular and how the how the new books come up which is going to be you know hugely beneficial for for people like ourselves you know myself and sam um everyone knows that maths is a interesting subject you either love it or hate it i feel like it's a bit of a marmite subject really in there <laughs> uh, like i feel like for people for people that that hate it this book's going to be an absolute lifesaver um, let's hope so well yeah exactly um before we sort of sam's going to jump in with the questions um for anyone that wants to follow um shannon on twitter if you're not doing that already um follow her on at miss s doherty with a capital s in, in the middle and a capital d uh, and like i say do tune in with us guys on at the teacher of tomorrow on instagram uh, at tft pod on twitter and if you are a fan of the podcast and you do like what we're doing here then please do go over to apple and just chuck us a little rate and review that'd be a uh, hugely pre- appreciated from us um but yes yeah, sam let's uh we've kept you quiet enough now for long enough so let's get in, let's get you in mate Hold me back, mate. I don't know what you're playing <laughs> in that lad. Right, Shannon, we, we usually start off the, the podcast nice and simple because usually the guests do themselves justice compared to us. But can you talk to us about your background, um, your route into teaching and where the idea of actually writing a book came from? Because I can imagine being SLT and teaching and writing a book is, well, yeah, it's pretty mental, to be honest with you. So fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, uh, I'm Shannon. I grew up in Croydon in South London, decided at about the age of seven, I wanted to become a primary school teacher. Um, 
in secondary school, did a bit of work experience as you do in year 10, and then did some again in sixth form, both times in a school. The second one was in a secondary school, and I realised that that was not for me. And so <laughs> primary was the way forward. You're not um, the first person that said that, you know. Yeah, yeah. First person I that just, said that on this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I could not do that. Um, I mean, I know myself as a teenager, and I was a different breed, to be fair. So I wouldn't like to teach myself <laughs> as a... You're a different yeah. breed now, lad. Different breed now. <laughs> <laughs> no See, wonder I no one... Even... Go on, go on, I was a delight, but, you know, I still well, wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, that's only one of you, and there's two of us, so... You know, the odds, are, the odds are already stacked against you as a teacher. <laughs> way. Um, yeah, so, and then I went to uni. I took a year out before uni and just, like, I did a bit of TAing, worked a few different jobs because I thought if I'm going to spend the rest of my life in a school, I may as well take a break, even though I then did a bit of TAing on the side. Uh, and then I went to uni to do a degree in education studies. I went to Greenwich to do that which if Neil Armand is listening, it's not a joke degree. He told me it was a joke degree. It's not okay. Um, yeah. All right, <laughs> so Neil, pop down, pop down. I, it's fine. I got off first, so that's all I need to know. Oh, right, okay, here it comes. Shots fired. There it is, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did that, and that was, you know, it was fairly interesting. I got to know, like, the history of education and where we'd come from and some of the psychology of it as well. And then I did a PGCE at Greenwich again because I thought, why not? I already know the campus, nice and simple. Um, and I can drive in from home. Um, big plus, big plus around absolutely. London. Absolutely. Saved a lot of money. I didn't save any money. Um, <laughs> I, that was what I went into it thinking I'll save so much money here. Uh, and I did not. And I got a bursary as well. Because I got a first, I got a bursary of like £900 a month. A month? What? Yeah. No idea what? where that one went. So I got, Christ. it was, it was a nine grand bursary for 10 months. Yeah. So Oh was... my life, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So you work hard in your undergrad and you can get nine grand that you don't know we, where it's we, gone. We worked hard on our undergrad, but we didn't get offered £900 per month. <laughs> Just me. We did yeah, not. We have not. <laughs> like, our bank accounts know that for a fact this year. We've not been offered £900 my, per month. My overdraft PGC. knows that for a fact. <laughs> yeah. Tell that. yeah, in hindsight, I uh, I could have held on to that money and it, it could have come in handy. But <laughs> you live and you learn. Uh, so yeah, so after my PGCE, I did my NQT at one of my placement schools because I just fell in love with it. Right in the heart of Lewisham, which was really interesting, very challenging kind of learned all about behavior there um sparked my love of maths again I'd always loved maths as a kid that was like my strongest subject and then um got sent on a on like a, a maths mastery course from one of the hubs and was like yep yeah, this is where my career is going I'm now on my third school and yeah last year I was contacted by Bloomsbury because, you know, I tweet a lot. I know that, you know, that's probably partly to do with it. I'm a maths lead. I'd organised Brewed Maths, which was in January 2020, just before things fell apart. And um, Life, life yeah, fell so, apart. <laughs> yeah, before anything went downhill. And, um, yeah, they just contacted me out of the blue on Twitter and said, we've got an idea for a book and like another hundred ideas book would you be interested and I said yes not knowing um, absolutely yes I will do that <laughs> did you I just say like, yeah. 
Did you just say the greatest pun there of all time? Did you just say that they contacted you out of the bloom? Is that what you just said? <laughs> or did you say blue? All right, that out was... Out of the bloom? Out of the you know? All right. That's levels. Yeah. <laughs> On the sly as well. I, like, I rate that, Shannon. I rate that. Yeah, so... Um, and then I, we got locked down, and I thought, this is perfect. I'll write yeah. my book while we're locked down. And then I didn't get most of it done in lockdown because no one could do anything in lockdown and so I ended up just spending the summer holidays last year pretty much every day in my living room I took a break for a couple of days to go to the Lake District with some friends and then other other than that it was my summer last year wow hopefully I mean, it'll be worth it yeah well I mean I'm sure it will be <laughs> worth so. it I'm sure it will be worth it uh looks fantastic uh, we are going to actually touch on the brew ed the brew ed situation later because we when you told us about this we were just like this is the best thing ever like, yeah, i, I can't believe I, 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 yeah. I think there's been a combination of the fact that we've been in lockdown and the, the mention of alcohol and an actual social event just like yeah. Yeah. Got me, both me and matt very giddy and yeah. excited just like, social event booze <laughs> and and school this is and education this can't be true yeah, yeah this can't the be dream. true and i literally the dream um but you know Talked about your your roots teaching. I know you mentioned that when we spoke the other day, you um you said that you always kind of knew you wanted to be a teacher, um, which you know for us on the podcast, a lot of our guests have been the opposite. I think we we said that you're probably one of the first ones um, who said that that's what she knew that she wanted to do for for her career. Um, Surprising how? to be fair. How? Yeah. yeah. How? Like I was, was a it? weird child. <laughs> <laughs> My parents could tell you some hilarious stories and like I was I was way old before my time and I just went yeah that's for me and then I was stuck on it. You were you like a you you like a home bird you're a home bird are you a bit like a do you like like a path as well do you like structure do you like to know what you're doing is that kind of is that you? Absolutely. That would explain why you love math that would literally (laughs) explain because just there it is black and white i like that I'm right or wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. that's why i like teaching maths to be fair because if you're wrong you can just be like it's wrong <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you've done the method the method is wrong that's why it's wrong whereas like, you know it's like when it's like english or like other subject like, like that you, it's all interpretation isn't it so you're just like well yeah. this could be wrong but technically you could be right as well and it's like oh this is just long <laughs> long to I- explain <laughs> I just feel like I'm learning more from the kids than I actually am. Like I, like, I go in with, like, a set criteria, and then, like, the kids are writing and stuff. I'm like, well, I've learned something new today. Did not know that. that, that. <laughs> well, that's my grammar that's been improved, so that's good. <laughs> uh, but, yes, though, you mentioned, obviously, you went to Greenwich, so you uh, touched on your your background being from down in the south around london the london area and obviously mm. all your work is is based in london particularly well started in lewisham and now uh you still in lewisham or are you in a different, different bar? all right so i went from lewisham to croydon to bromley ah, okay nice all in the south south london south london mm-hmm. ends um how is it teaching in the capital and you know do you feel like you may move away eventually or do you think that's where you're going to be around around the hub I feel like I I love London and one of my friends um Amy lives in the Lake District and she's like oh, London's so weird like I'll tell her things and she's like that's just bizarre that's not right like that's I don't like that like, this is all I've ever known and I really love it um 
and teaching here is wonderful you know I get such a mix of children uh like in every way personalities ethnicities religions languages spoken different family kind of makeups it's it's so nice being in such a diverse and kind of representative place even now like working in a C of E school we've got a little bit of you know we've got quite a bit of diversity um even like I've got a child who's Jewish and that's lovely and he's teaching us all about Judaism at the moment um and I I just love working in that kind of like it's like fast paced and it's it just feels really nice I did a placement in what I always refer to as like the leafy privileged schools and while I understand that they do a good job and people enjoy working in them and those children still need educating I just still need educating. <laughs> that's done me. That has that's done me. The privileged still do need to go to school. Yes, they do. Right. <laughs> me and Matt yeah, just... are not in a place right now to make comments like that. So we need a job first, and then maybe. But yeah, I'll just take an in. I'll just take an interview. Just take an interview. Yeah. Any job, any school. Yes. Yeah. Not, not 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 leafy, mate. We're we're, we're done now. Shan- Shannon, no, no, no chances. You know what I mean? No leafy lane. Cheers, Shannon. No. Thanks. That's, that's another fifty <laughs> schools that have just crossed me off their list. Thanks. <laughs> no, they, they they will not cross you off. Um, <laughs> but I just it wasn't for me. I like the the ones that are a little bit more rough around the edges and um the real sort of like feel like inner city schools. Mm. Um, it just is what I love. However, I can imagine that at some point there might be a time where I move slightly further afield. And when I say further afield, I mean like Kent. <laughs> oh, okay, I so still imagine... a train journey in then. Still a train yeah. journey into the city. Yeah. I, don't, I don't imagine I'm going to be crossing the country anytime yeah. soon. Um, I suppose once you're, yeah. once you're settled, like, like you, you know, as a, as a senior leader um, and a mass leader in a school and kind of in that area... I guess I guess to relocate for most people would take like well it would have to it would have to be worthwhile do you know what I mean yeah. like to relocate and, you know if I move to a school in Kent or Sussex or wherever that might be you know if I kind of settle down and have kids and a family and I think actually I'd, I'd like to move further afield it would be a case of I'd, ha- I'd have to take a pay cut because we get paid more in London and yeah, which is a plus <laughs> I mean, yeah, you pay, like you pay first, a lot more, but yeah, my pay... first school was um, my first school was inner London, and even my friends who were working in like outer London schools were like, "God, you're on more than I am." Serious whack, yeah. Yeah, and you know, taking a pay cut, and I know that living expenses would maybe be lower, but I, I quite like the the London waiting. Yeah. I just wanna, I'm not driven by money. That's not why I'm in this job, and nobody is. Yeah. However, well, I think that I think that's clear. <laughs> we can't we can't pretend that we don't get paid and that we don't want the money. No, we do want the money. We want the money <laughs> particularly you, right now. Yeah. So we need it. Like, please. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Shannon. Just because we don't earn nine hundred pound per month on our PGCE, all right. Yeah. You don't you don't need to Sorry, we're not, anymore. We yeah. know. Okay. We're suffering. Sorry, we're not, yeah. We're not getting we don't, bursaries we don't need left, right? We're telling on our own podcast, all right, that we're struggling, all right? 
Only we can tell ourselves. That's how it rolls. Okay, we this should have briefed first. you before. We have never been called out on our podcast by any of our guests. Like, honestly, what is going on here? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Just, just hammer me even more when I'm down, Shannon. Cheers. <laughs> we, we even told you he's got rejected today from, from an application. And you just put that in his face. No wonder the beers have come out. Christ. What do you think? <laughs> You're right there, mighty lad. Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Now. I've recovered. You'll get through this. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah. For London way, and hopefully that's what yeah, I, that's what I'm after. Well, but to be fair, you know, you you said about the jobs and the pay down there. I remember um, I just had a sort of look down there um, around London and looked at the, the applications, and yeah, NQT is going for like thirty eight grand. I was like, oh, okay then. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's not a, that's not a bad wage. <laughs> that is not Do a bad you think, wage. You know, if you're not committed and and tied down. Well, well, a lot of friends in London as well. So there well you go. Don't get me wrong, rent is expensive, but you know, it, I I would definitely advocate a move to, to London. Well, this, and this, this, I know lots of schools, some of which are hiring. So, oh, excellent! The move oh, could I've be on then. Yeah, Very yeah. much redeemed right yourself, Shadow. Yeah, yeah. Not that you needed to redeem yourself, but <laughs> you have done it just in case. Well, this this is interesting to be fair because actually, like. This is something that me and my missus have discussed, and we are very interested in actually teaching down in London. Um, she's been out down there for like years, and she she loves it, and that is where she wants to teach. And I've always wanted the challenge of London as well. Mm. I'm going I'm going a little bit off the cuff with, with a question here, but you mentioned about behaviour. I'm just interested in like because you're, you're obviously SLT, and you might have the influence in this. What is your approach to behaviour and behaviour management and strategies that you implement like across the whole school? That's mm-hmm. something that that, that that fascinates me because you talk about the challenges within, within obviously, the inner city and it is the inner city. So, yeah, that, yeah. I just think that's interesting, yeah. So, behaviour is one of those things that I absolutely love and I love kind of talking about and in the ins and outs of it. I really, truly believe that behaviour needs to come from SLT. It needs to be, you know, they need to be leading from the front, from the top. They need to be saying, this is how it is. They need to be visible. They need to be present. And it's, I do think that behaviour is a school-wide thing. I think there are some schools where teachers are sort of left to have their own behaviour policies and their own systems. And the lack of consistency there means that there's not a consistent um, level of behaviour. And that's just not okay. And so it's hard because I'm less of the, I don't really like the kind of fluffy side of behaviour where I wouldn't have like... um, I don't know if you've seen them in your schools. I don't know if there's a thing because I haven't seen them in a while, but like a, like a golden time tracker where children's names are moved up and down and they, they miss certain amounts of times. I hate that. Yeah. I don't necessarily, I don't really like anything that's up and about. I'm, but I know that I'm rare in that case. I know, you know, our school has a traffic light system and it's simply the children just move their names and it's like a warning, you go on green. Standard if you do it again, thing, yeah. you go on amber. And if you're on red, you're in trouble and you have to yeah. go to someone in SLT. Um, I, I don't use I it with that. my class because my class are such yeah. angels. And also <laughs> you are SLT, so I'll just send it to myself then, shall I? Yeah, oh. just come to me. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that the, the main thing for me is on day one, particularly when you're in NQT, because you want to get everything right and you want to be liked. We have this innate thing in us wanting to be liked. 
it's not a crime but you go in kind of like I'm your teacher this is so exciting and you're buzzing but you have to just lay down the law and I know there's that whole thing of don't smile until Christmas that I hate that as well of course you smile but you have to go in on day one and say this is the expectation you will meet the expectation if you don't this will happen and then you have to follow through with it and it's tiring at the start but once you've got them I do think yeah. you've got them I so think, there's uh, no real kind of handy practical tips that I can give you to take away because I I tend to not do that kind of um that thing and there's a really interesting kind of thing at the moment about uh motivation and I don't know if either of you have read anything by uh Peps McRae but he has a book called Motivated Teaching and he's the you know a few people are sort of talking about motivation and praise and how our children have been sort of trained to respond to praise and they kind of they do things because of that they don't do things because that's what they're meant to do or that's what they want to do everything is because of praise because there is a reward because it's being incentivized and we need to sort of move away from that kind of everything has an incentive and move towards the this is the expectation you do this doesn't mean you don't praise them obviously but there is no prize box in my classroom I rate that I rate that to be fair I feel like you know well some of the means Sam's spoken about before but that kind of breeding that sort of self-regulation and that self-respect almost and like that them mm. expect setting yourself them expectations i think is something that uh when i eventually hopefully do get my own class uh but i would i would be you know chucking like straight in from the start because i think once you do have that and uh, that level of that level of respect for each other not and yourself but also each other mm-hmm. uh, within your classroom i think that the learning environment just is it becomes such a better place um definitely and yeah you know, i completely agree with the whole school the whole school approach as well i think that consistency is so important for kids and i think i don't know about you guys but i know from from chats with people that that lack of consistency that kids haven't had over the last 12 18 months yeah, is really starting to Im- impact behavior yeah. across uh, all ages and i think that you know whilst we're we're obviously all aware of the academic um suffering or maybe suffering or the gap widening um, and that of course is important i think socially and emotionally and maturity wise i think that's where potentially that could be the biggest the biggest area that we need to be working on to be to be fair mate and uh, i totally agree with what you've said john and as well i mean i don't get the the rewarding of like people being nice that should be the expectation that like, we should be good citizens. That should be the expectation. And me, me mm-hmm. like Matterline before we've spoken about this on, on, on many occasion, that's what schools should be there for. We should be able to, to promote good citizens, personal skills, how to overcome situations that might, might arise because the kids, they're going to fall out, but, but how, how do you overcome that? And I feel like as well, like Matt said about the, the pandemic we've been in, and especially from my observation that I've seen a lot of children are struggling to have those social conversations with each other and are very much at each other, but then yeah. reward them, but then we're rewarding um, the behavior of like showing good behavior. But it's like, why, why should we reward that? And then, then we don't think what is actually children's thinking behind, are they behaving that way just for the reward? Or are they actually behaving mm-hmm. that way because they want to behave that way? I, I, I think it's a fa- fascinating conversation. And yeah, I mean, we, 
yeah, this is the problem. Like, we, we, we could speak for three hours and just go off tangent on everything. To yeah, be honest we with you. could. <laughs> we'll just get you back on again, Shannon. It's, it's okay. Talk about behavior. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a fascinating chat. Um, and it's interesting, actually, because we, we kind of planned this, this episode around, around maths, around the new book and stuff. But it's great to see. It's just great to hear the um, kind of, I guess it leads quite nicely into what Sam's going to talk about now in regards to your role in SLT, mm. um, that you've obviously, you're obviously having to think about these other aspects in, in school. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure Sam will, Sam can elaborate. <laughs> yeah. So obviously focusing a little bit more on, on like your role as an SLT and you're obviously now a maths lead. Uh, you've obviously always been passionate about going into teaching, but have is, was that always your passion? Has your passion always been to climb that ladder and lead, lead maths, for example, and have an influence on on, on, on the on the wider school curriculum and the impact it has? Yeah, so I think when I started, and I think lots of NQTs are like this, they go in and they see people who aren't that much older than them, who are core subject leads or phase leads, maybe even assistant heads, and they go, I want to do that. My best friend, for example, was my year group partner in my NQT year. And Sold. she that sounds unbelievable. That's what me that's what me and Matty are hoping for. That's yeah. what you need. You need to find a school with two vacancies. Yeah. Um, do you know it? Do you know any? <laughs> yeah, we um and she so but she was she was phase lead at the time and she had climbed the steps quite quickly. Every year she'd gone up a li- another little notch. I think she was like NQT, science lead, English lead, phase lead of a couple of year groups and then phase lead of three year groups. So, you know, she kept climbing every year. And then the year after that, she became assistant head and Senko. Um, and I watched that progression and I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And, I, you know, I... I haven't climbed it in the same kind of way as her. And I appreciate that this is my sixth year and I'm SLT. And that is probably too quick, if I'm honest. If, if I do think about it in that way, you know, I probably wouldn't advise people to try and climb the ladder that fast. I see people on Twitter who I know who have only been teaching one or two years saying that they want to you know, lead a core subject or they want to become a phase lead. And I just think you really need to learn your craft Mm. and you are going to, as an NQT, you are going to get stuff wrong. It's just a fact. And like, if you're, if you're comfortable with that, fine. I didn't want to ever get anything wrong. I wanted to be perfect, which meant that if I did get something wrong, I really overreacted and I'd be like bawling my eyes out. But now, a few years older, I'm like, actually, not a big deal. Um, And I think you just need to spend time in class. I'm not saying don't take on a subject lead role or don't take on some sort of responsibility. Absolutely do that. Um, You know, I had the choir in my second year and that was lovely. But teaching is not something that is like an easy get up and do it amazingly every day kind of job you have to learn and you have to practice and you need to get better and even you know everyone needs to improve and so I would say as much as I wanted to become SLT (laughs) I also kind of a bit like however if I were you know mentoring someone now I would say 
just enjoy being in the classroom. I'm still in class, so it's the best of both worlds for me. But, you know, there are people who have come out of class five, six years in who then advise people on teaching and mm. aren't necessarily the best um, advisors because they... They've not been doing, that long, been not doing that, much. that long. You may as well say yeah. it. I mean, you've been pretty yeah. brutally honest throughout this podcast, so you may as well just say it. <laughs> Which is me. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's, you know, having someone who's been teaching five, six years, advising someone who's been teaching 20 years, but only wants to be a class teacher and there's nothing wrong with that, is is uncomfortable. Um, mm. I suppose it depends on your, I guess it comes down to your people skills then, doesn't it, really? I mean, how you... That's a huge how you, part of this job. Yeah, like how you approach... Yeah members of members of staff that have obviously been doing the job for a considerable period compared mm-hmm. to you um and i think yeah you know for me i guess i guess like yeah obviously i definitely agree with what you're saying but on the flip side of that i guess you know people if you're good enough to to make them steps up to whether you've been doing it for two three years or 15 years um as long as i think you've got the people skills to kind of still learn from them class teachers mm. you know not let it get to your head i think it's you know watching you know speaking to you about it and you you're obviously doing a great job doing it so i mean um you know it shows that it can be done and can be done well and i think that you know, there's nothing wrong with that but i do get the fact that yeah it must could it could be uncomfortable if you were you've been teaching for five years and suddenly you were head of like a, a phase or something and yeah you had to go and approach teachers with far more experience than you and you and you did it the wrong way I think then it would be I can imagine it's a few alarm bells ringing in the uh, staff room <laughs> yeah. well yeah and I, I do think that um there are those cases of people who can do it and are really good at it and just get it but teaching it I do think is one of the things you have to practice and I think le- any leader who is out of class should still be teaching a, a kind of semi-regular commitment you know we have a head teacher, a deputy head, and then the English lead and myself on the SLT. We're both class-based, but the other two will cover if, if needs be. Obviously, not as doable with bubbles. But before that, if someone needed an afternoon out of class to work on something, like if they were doing a bit of training, then one of those two would cover. And I do think that head teachers and SLT who, who have regular teaching commitments... Um, are still honing and practicing that craft because it is a craft um yeah. but no, also don't you know don't let me knock your ambition crack on you know I, <laughs> to, I knew I wanted to be maths lead and there wasn't a spot for me to kind of grow in my first school in my second school I joined a, a team and worked under the best maths lead ever she was amazing Sally wonderful incredible maths lead so knowledgeable but I was like, no, I, w- I want to be maths lead. And luckily this school asked me to be the math- their maths lead. So and there you, and there you it worked are. out well. Leader of a core subject, a year two teacher and author, which, we will get, which is which is the exciting part, surely. That's got to be the exciting <laughs> part, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting just, just reflecting on, I guess, that progression. I know me and Sam have got different opinions in regards to being members of SLT and where we kind of see our teaching careers go. Um, I, I personally see myself more down a, a higher education route, uh, lecturing uh, into the research side of things. That's where I'd like to be. Um, 
in yeah sort of 10 15 years that's where that's I, I see myself yeah um but i know sam what sam can say his is obviously slightly different to mine <laughs> yeah the dream to be fair the, the dream would be a teacher in in a, in a city school maybe london to be fair but yeah well I, well, after I, I, I better take my time with it than get the experience. <laughs> <so. laughs> you'll you'll be my head teacher in like five years. Yeah, I, I, I knew I, it. I knew and it. I'll be implementing Matty's curriculum when he's lecturer or something like that at university. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a dream. That would be yeah, a dream. Yeah. I can, to be fair, I can imagine you being a, being a head teacher, Sam. I can, oh, I, I can see it now. Yeah. Wow. Well, I could, yeah. I could probably do assist. I think I like, I like the fact. Of a, of a senior leader that's in class still that, oh yeah that would yeah. that would be a role that would be a role that i would i would enjoy doing i think but once you start like you say losing that class time i think you do lose that the reason why you become a teacher in the first place mm. and and yeah i just think you do get a bit disconnected don't you from kind of the reason why you're there you know to educate children and i think that unless you're kind of spending that class time i think it becomes more difficult i think it's important as well because I mean, it's kind of what Shannon touched on before. I mean, teaching every single year changes every year. So mm. unless you're experiencing that every single year, you're, you're actually not going to know what is actually happening. In like, You can read the documents, you can be well-read, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a good teacher. Uh, you have to experience it and have those experiences to be able to think, oh, well, this is actually going to work, work working in, in our school. I mean, I'm saying this, I, I'm not even an ECT yet, but yeah, if any, any, any head teachers are listening, that's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so take it, basically. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, like you say, I completely agree with what Sam was saying just then. Um, rather than staying on this SLT subject, let's move on to the exciting book that we spoke about at the start. Um, your new book coming out in May, 100 Ideas for Primary Teachers, especially in maths, which is what is, is titled. Uh, you mentioned how Bloomsbury got in touch um, and the process for that. Um, just go into sort of a bit more detail about the structure of the book, about what's going to be included in it. Uh, so you don't have to go through all 100 of the ideas, but just you can, <laughs> you can spread them out a bit. Um, and just kind of why you think, you know, why you're hoping it's going to be a beneficial to, to trainee teachers and you know experienced teachers as well okay I just had to pick up a copy because I can't I wait I can't wait for, my memory I can't wait till we get a copy I'm just saying just signed as well there. signed as yeah, well yeah that's how we roll <laughs> um so all of the hundred ideas books from Bloomsbury follow a very similar structure obviously they have 100 ideas and good they are split good into <laughs> <laughs> there are bonus ideas as well. Oh, oh it's okay. a lie. It's okay. 100 plus. Yeah. Value for money. Um, okay. <laughs> so, and they're split into different parts. Um, so, this one has 10 parts based on the curriculum. So, it's number and place value, addition, subtraction, multiplication and division, fractions, decimals, percentages, ratio and proportion, algebra, statistics, position and direction, shape, and measurement. Decent. to cover the curriculum yeah um Impressive and there are ideas yeah, exactly there are ideas that could be used in year one there are ideas that could be used in year six there are ideas that could be tweaked for any year group um they hopefully all should have a like a solid meaning behind them so every, for every idea i kind of thought about 
what are the misconceptions here? Uh, why is this an idea that's needed? Um, you know, what area of maths is this going to help? I'm a big kind of um, supporter of like the structures of maths and teachers and children understanding really what makes up the maths and the number. So things like the structures of arithmetic that I think most people just don't know. And I don't think that you get taught it in teacher training. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know either. Um, so <laughs> yeah. the structures so, yeah, of arithmetic, exactly. yeah. And when <laughs> I... When <laughs> When I talk to teachers about it now, they're like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Um, so I just felt like it was needed to have a little bit of blurb at the start to say, oh, you know, this is important because of this. And it really varies from some of it's like teaching strategies, like, um, you know, that I do, we do, you do model of um, modeling. So where yeah. you do something, yeah, we yeah. do, and then yeah, you, you do. do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've talked about a little bit about um, tiny, tiny bit about silent teaching in that, because I think this being like a silent teacher in the I do section could be really powerful. Um, I only had like 300 words for each idea. So some of them I wanted to write more for. And some of them I was like, oh, I'm going to put in a big diagram here. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure if everyone flicks through, I'm sure they'll notice. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So like, well, we'll know, we'll know which ones she struggled with, yeah. <laughs> but you know, some of them I was like, well, this is just concise and I've got to my point. What more do you want from yeah. me? Silent um, teaching. Silent teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Um, so each one has like a little um box. It's either a teaching tip, a taking it further tip, or um a bonus idea. So I think I have 38 bonus ideas from memory. Oh, 31. That's disappointing. Uh, I oversold you, that. Yeah, you have oversold that big time. I was Thank God it wasn't I was... called 138. Um, <laughs> but it should, it should be something that particularly early career teachers or teachers who genuinely really just don't like teaching maths or don't understand how to teach maths, maybe they don't have um, a very present maths lead, you know, I don't want to like bash other schools. I feel like I've done a bit of that already. So, um, <laughs> and uh, but I do think that, that you know, that we know that there are the teachers who are not supported very well. Um, like I wrote an article a couple of months ago about how I see t posts on Facebook all the time from teachers saying, I'm teaching the Romans. Can someone send me their planning or what should I be covering in this? Or does anyone have any ideas? And I just think that's not that's not the teacher's job to go and mm. onto Facebook groups and ask for that. The, the school should be providing yeah. the, at least the outline of a curriculum. And for maths, we have so many different resources and so many different schemes, you know, free ones, paid for ones. And these should slot in quite nicely, I hope. But there's just lots of different ideas, lots of visuals, lots of practical things to do, you know, using concrete resources. Um, they've all got a really nice kind of eye-catching name. Ooh, Some give of us them... an example. Give us an example. Hold on. This is embarrassing now because I'm looking through that. <laughs> this one's this one. This one's boring. It's called What's My Number? Oh. Face <laughs> oh. splat. Hey. No. Whoa. <laughs> oh, this one's good. Express 
expressions. Stop ah, it. You added it there. Stop it. I like it. This and then some back. of them are just things like uh, addition structures. Oh, okay. Subtraction not quite as, structures. Yeah. Not, quite as, not quite as fun then. Not quite as no, enticing. No, but really important. So <laughs> I'm hoping that it could either be a case of someone reads it cover to cover and then dips back into it or someone picks it up, looks in the contents, looks for addition and subtraction and then reads those more like 10 ideas mm. and thinks which one of these can I use? Which one of these is going to um, co- like complement what I'm doing and benefit my children? So yeah. it should it should be a, a helpful read. I'll definitely be picking up. It sounds brilliant. Like just having a little book of just, yeah, just little ideas just to implement into the classroom. Yeah, I think because I think it, you well, just don't want to read like a big book of maths or English. You just want like a little handbook or something just to flip through and just be like, oh, I'm going to implement that today. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's brilliant. I think, it, I think it's really good. Especially, uh, especially as a, you know, like you mentioned the schemes. There's so many different schemes and resources that schools mm-hmm. follow. And I think that you can almost get sucked into just using them schemes and kind of not drifting away, you know, not or not, not kind of thinking outside the box, um, mm. being able to stretch certain children that you may have. Um, so, mm. you know, I think that book being able to kind of dip in and out of a particular, a particular area that you might be teaching, um, you can use that ideas or them ideas um, in the classroom, I think. Yeah, particularly for ECTs think it'll be yeah uh, definitely and that like you guys are sort of my my target audience really um it is for people who haven't got the experience in the classroom we don't need it apparently go straight to slt if you don't have any experience any five (laughs) years but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And like I say, it'll be great when you actually uh, send us a couple of copies signed as well and we'll, uh, we'll spread them out. So yeah, don't worry about that, Shannon. We'll, we'll, we will be chasing you up for them. That is for sure. It's on my list, don't worry. That's all right, good. I'll, uh, I'll, you can send me the DM of, of, uh, of something funny and I'll send you the DM of our, for the address. So it's all good. Um, <laughs> it's a great deal, yeah. I feel like we're winning out of this completely. Very, one, very one-sided. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, like I said, really looking forward to that coming out. Um, and in terms of, we mentioned earlier about uh, the discovery of Brew Ed for myself and Sam. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we are so excited. still excited about it now. Um, please just enlighten us a bit more <laughs> before Sam, Sam goes into further detail or dives further <laughs> in. Give us a bit more info about this, this new world. So... Brewheads were founded by Ed Finch and Darren Simon on Twitter. They, I think the first one was in Sheffield. And I think it was maybe 2017. Might have been 16. Sam, you'd have been a little pup then, wouldn't you, mate? 2017. What have you been? 17 years old? Just being born, lad. Um, yeah, so basically it was there, there used to be a thing and this is a thing called a teach meet. Like people got together, uh, like little five minute kind of micro presentations and it was a nice kind of get together of teachers and they took it, um, and brought it to the function of a pub. And so you, you go to the pub for six hours, maybe, um, on a Saturday 
and tickets are very low cost. They they make a point of saying they want them to be low cost because teachers are generally paying for them themselves. Um, and you go, and if you like to drink, then you drink. And if you are not a drinker, then you have a soft drink. But the ones that the ones that start, my first one was in Oxford. Um, gosh, it, oh, it was in Oxford three years ago today, I think. Yeah, oh, how strange! It was the how day bizarre. After my birthday. Um, and it started, I think, at 10.30. And so I had a, a fruity cider at 10.30. And how, how long did you last? Yeah, how oh, long? All did... day. You know, oh, you have to keep going. Class. You can drink then. That's good. That's good. That's what we really wanted to find out out of this chat. <laughs> the fact that you can point of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so people get up and they present and you have a really wide range of speakers because it's you get primary, secondary, you get um, people who are kind of inclusion minded, people who are researchers, uh, you know, people that write books. It's a lovely different mix. Um, I have been to a sickening number of them. I love them so much. <laughs> I just gen genuinely love a bit of Saturday CPD and I've been really sad without it for the last year. And I, I don't like the is, online ones that much. Is so, it coming no, back? Same, when when it? do we think it, when do we think it will come back? So there is a there's a Brewed weekend in oh. July that's like a camping weekend, I think in Devon, where I believe Ed has moved to. Um, I'm not going to that because I'm going to a different conference, a maths conference in Kettering. And that I one definitely wait. sounds worse. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. That Kettering. one definitely sounds worse. Yeah. Math camping conference. and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> maths in Kettering. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you've definitely I've chosen made my choice. There. <laughs> um, however, they are the best day and you you meet people from all over the place. They started as quite local things, but people travel for them. You know, I've been to them in Wakefield and Leicester and all over the place. Um, and I have organised three. I organised Brewed Wimbledon and Brewed Brighton and Brewed Maths. And so I kind of sat, I was sat at a maths conference. Gosh. Do you still get bevved up when you're the organiser? No, you get right stuck in. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) That's the sort of organising that I want to be a part of. Matty, I feel Um, like we've we've found our calling here. And to be fair, I feel like if we... If we organise an event like this, I think we should just go all out and just arrange it in Amsterdam or something like that. Just just <laughs> make it just make it a weekend thing. <laughs> also, what are we gonna with Magaloo? Yeah. What are we gonna <laughs> I'll see you in BCM. I'll see you there. <laughs> Home party. <laughs> um, but like what would we present, Sam? How not to get a job? How not to be an <laughs> no, NQT. No, stop this. Because, <laughs> podcast, no. podcast, mate. The podcast game. When you said earlier on, we'll touch on Brewers later, I had a little light bulb in my head saying, do you know what? If I organise another Brewers that's not maths related, I'm going to ask you to speak. Because what you've done setting up this podcast as two trainings is so cool. And you've got things to talk about. And also, I do think you could say things like, you know, as a trainee, I really appreciate it when schools do X and yeah. it really annoys me when this happens because yeah. we need to hear it. And if you don't feed that back, I think that you could do a great talk. They're only about, you know, 20, 30 minutes, depending on who's organised it. 
Well, we've already done 55 here, so we've already done 55 here, so there you go. Exactly. We're the voice of students, Matty, that's what we are. Shannon, that's that's probably some of the nicest comments people have said to us, so I very much appreciate that. And if you do organise one, obviously we would be delighted to come and attend and speak. Yeah, we will definitely be there. Even not uh, speaking, I, I, I'm turning up to one of these. I mean, yeah. I'll pay. Yeah, to be honest no. with you. The second <laughs> you see tickets go on sale, you've got to buy them because they oh. sell out like Beyonce tickets. Oh. So oh, they have I'm... to get on it. I don't know if any others have been organised or arranged yet because I think people are trying to wait to see what the world's yeah, going to be yeah. like. But my, my Keep first... Keep fingers crossed. Yeah, my first job for... I want to say next month maybe maybe half term in may is to start organizing my next brewed maths i say my next brewed maths i did organize it with a lovely group of boys but are you the only female rocking it what can i say there you go that's the niche isn't it that's the niche you're the you're the female you know head in maths that's that's the niche that's where you come in there exactly Uh, (laughs) but yeah no it does sound absolutely class and yeah we'd uh Obviously, we'd be we'd be all over that for sure, wouldn't we, Sam? Uh, yeah, yeah. A few beers, and you just get yeah. to chat about education and school and meet this cool people. This is taking like the yourself, podcast so, yeah. to another level, mate. Like we need we to get. Yeah, I mean, you could we, do a live episode as your talk. We could. Oh, we've said we've, we we've, spoke, we've spoken about this before. I mean, to be fair, I mean this just sounds like a social podcast episode because I mean we try and have professional in here, but really, me and Matt just want to drink and just talk about education. To be honest with you, and why yeah. not? I think, yeah, why not? Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let, let's fingers crossed. Hopefully the Brewhead, the Brewhead guys get us, get involved, get us involved. And then who knows, maybe we can get them on and do a little live, uh, a live session with them. They're getting uh, plugged for this episode. They're, we're getting them hooked onto this episode. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'll tag them in. There yeah, we go. There you go. Love yeah. that. Love that. <laughs> um, you, you know, you touched on, we've obviously spoken about an array of subjects this, uh, this podcast so far. Um, before we go on to our last little section, which which I'm, Sam's going to ask, um, I'm just going to ask you, you've, you've mentioned loads of different um, areas that, that would be beneficial to training teachers, particularly around your book. Um, but as a member of SLT uh, and, and as a maths lead, what would be your top advice to any training teachers qualifying this year? So I think, like I said earlier, I think behaviour is key. I really don't think that you're going to teach anything properly unless the behavior is in line. Yeah. And it, you, you know, like I said, you will make mistakes and you'll do things and you go, Oh, I can't believe I did that. If I look back on my NQT year, I do think, why did I sit under a table with that child for 45 minutes and not teach the rest of the class? You know, why did I think that that was the way of doing that? I mean, I won't ever be doing that. I you won't know, ever be doing that. Just say no, it. don't, don't <laughs> make the mistakes I made. But I was all, you know, and I'm still about nurture and, you know, making sure that the children are, are all fine. But ultimately your priority when you're in there is teaching. And so get behavior sorted. I really think having a, a strong relationship with your, with a mentor is important. Yeah. Um, yeah. That make can be like make or break, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, make sure you've got those meetings in place. Do everything you can. Get them in. Watch them teach. Also, go out and watch other t- people teach as much as possible because as much as you've had some teaching practice during your training, whether you've done a PGCE or, a, you know, a three-year de- degree, you 
you don't have the practice of doing the job day in day out and so get in and watch other people doing it look at you know their questioning look at their behavior look at like the routines routines is another one I would say get routines in place because that makes everything so much smoother if your children know that this is what happens between lessons this is what happens for assembly at the end of the day we do this and you do the same thing every day and you really teach it and you practice it because everything needs to be taught to them behavior routines all needs to be taught if you do that then your job teaching becomes so much easier because mm. then you can just focus on the teaching yeah no and, I, I, um, I agree yeah i think i would just uh... say also really enjoy it because yeah. you'll only you'll only have that first year once so make the most of it oh and don't spend hours on displays spend hours on like planning and <laughs> cpd well, I'm, go, glad, so. I'm glad you learned the hard way just so we don't have to learn the hard way, Shannon. Yeah. So I, you know, pre- <laughs> yeah I appreciate it, that advice. <laughs> this is what's so good about this is what's so good about the pod because we've had, you know, a variety of of, of lecturers, of teachers, of mm. um, senior leaders on, and like everyone brings something different to the conversation. Everyone brings yeah. some different advice for for trainee teachers. I think well, that's what's so important. You know, you're obviously very much heavy on like behavior and routines and and you know like you said about take time doing planning don't worry too much about displays and then we had uh we had lois joe on to come on to the podcast a few episodes ago who you know loves displays and she was saying Mm. you know how how amazing it is that if you can create the displays you know they can really inspire the classroom and you know it's just it's just great to hear the different perspectives of, of teaching and, and kind of what works for you and what works for your class and your school. Um, and, you know, I think just, I just think for, for trainees like ourselves, and that is obviously why we, you know, why we do do the pod because mm. the, the advice that we can get is, is so varied and so wide that it's going to, it should benefit someone at least, you know, it should benefit at least one person. Absolutely. And he's benefiting two of us right now. So there you go. Job <laughs> done. <laughs> and just, and just on, on what the podcast is about as well and we've added in a new new section me and matt we we want to push the idea of of the teacher of tomorrow that, that that's our name and we like matt said we have these conversations because we're all we are all i hope anyway in education for the right reasons we want to make a difference um me and matt we, we're early careers teachers but we always feel like we want to learn and we want to have conversations around difficult topics as well, but learn about new pedagogies, learn about different approaches like we've outlined today about behaviour and how certain things uh, suit certain uh, needs of certain schools and and, and individuals. And just bringing everyone together on this podcast is just fascinating. And if it can help people, brilliant. And our main question at the end, what does it mean to be a teacher of tomorrow? So I think... um... Teaching changes and schools change and education policy changes. But I really think, you know, teaching in a year, five years, 10 years, 50 years, whatever it is, will mostly be the same job. You are trying to do everything you can to get your class ready for life. And I mean all aspects of life. Some of my friends laugh at me because I always say that I'm not into the fluffy stuff in schools. But there is obviously an element of 
you need to turn them into really well-rounded people and that will be your job and I think that the aspect of maybe teaching tomorrow is life is getting more difficult children are exposed to so much more they have access to so much more and so I think maybe you know a teacher when I was at, at school um wouldn't have had to teach about e-safety, wouldn't have had to teach some of the horrible things that we have to talk about in schools. And so I think that's the aspect that I think will we'll develop most. I think your actual day-to-day -day teaching, your relationship with those children will be the same today, tomorrow, whenever. But the world is moving on at a pace that I'm not quite comfortable with and our children <laughs> are you know, becoming more and more mature as the days go on. And I think part of your job, our job in the future is keeping them as childlike as possible for as long as possible, but also teaching them about, you know, the world we live in. Yeah. But keeping that innocence of a child for as long as possible. Because I look at some of our children and I think, you know, you, you've grown up far too fast, you know, far yeah. too much. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing that I think has changed, even for me in the six years that I've been doing it, I think, wow, there's a difference between my year threes in my um, NQT year and my year twos now, you know. I couldn't, that's, couldn't, that's couldn't my main agree, thing. Could, couldn't agree more. I think a lot of children are not, they're not children anymore. They are, mm -hmm. unfortunately, they're, they're, they're a lot mature, like you said, and, and know a lot more than they should do. And they're, they're innocent and they can't, they think they know things, but they, they really don't. And it's it's um, quite quite a scary and, and daunting prospect, to be honest with you. And I think, yeah, um, I think, think that's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. It's what, probably what only going to get worse if we look at the kind of trajectory it's been on, you know. Yeah. So that will yeah. be a huge challenge, I think. No, I agree, yeah. And I think um, just pointing out, that we're here to educate good, well-rounded citizens, good, well-rounded yeah. people. I think is a is a is something that resonates really, really closely with me and Sam. And um, you know, it kind of for us, that's kind of our main ethos. You know, of course, we want them to be intelligent. Of course, we want them to do well in their in their in their exams and in their learning. But ultimately, we want them to come out as good, good people. You know, yeah. and that is the. And that is the key. So, yeah, fantastic answer. Fantastic question, Sam. Um, you know, we've had two. We've only just started doing this section um, on the pod. And the two answers we've got have been pretty tough to top. So uh, yeah. I, dread to, I dread to think the next people coming on, what they got to say, because there's um, <laughs> some serious, some serious uh, conversations being had. Um, but listen, Shannon, we could, we could be here for another hour, I reckon, easily, if not more. But... Um, you know, in terms of what we chatted about today, it's been an absolute pleasure to get you on, um, speak about math, speak about your journey into teaching, um, give some fantastic advice on behaviour um, and teaching math. And obviously, the new, the new book coming out in May, 100 Ideas for Primary Teachers uh, in Maths. And so, guys, when that does come out, do please go and get yourself a copy of it. Um, by all accounts, it's going to be an absolute uh, lifesaver for many a teacher, hopefully, in the maths department. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, really excited for that um and if you do want to go follow follow shannon's journey or follow shannon's updates then do go over to twitter um at miss s doherty 
capital S, capital D. I did get that right. Could have made it a bit of an easier handle for me, but don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and listen, we've got, you know, in terms of the pod, we've got some fantastic guests coming up. Uh, we've got Rachel Boyle coming on, um, head of interdisciplinary studies in education at Leeds, which we're really excited to talk to her, um, particularly about her work in race um, and race inter, what's it? Interracial education. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're also going to be looking at getting Emily Weston coming on. And it's going to be a really exciting conversation with her about transitions, uh, particularly from year six to year seven, which as, a, as someone doing their placement in year six at the moment, it's going to be, a, again, a lot of good advice for me, hopefully, um, which is great. Um, but listen, you know, from us, Shannon, it's been an absolute pleasure to get you on. Really great to connect. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to us tonight. And um, I can't wait to come to Brewer with you. I'm Absolutely. I'm buzzing. <laughs> it, it sounds class. It sounds unreal, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah. But yeah, no, for me, it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation as well. And I'm sure Sam's going to follow on from me in a second. Um, but yeah, for me, you know, thanks for thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, just reiterating what, what Matty said. Yeah, really, really fascinating insight, especially as well um, with my interest, my girlfriend's interest, obviously, going down to London and teaching and... Yeah, I just think what a brilliant insight, what a brilliant insight to the schools and different approaches and just, yeah, just just your just your experience and knowledge. I mean, like Matt said, we're just continuously learning every single episode. So thank you for your time for coming onto the podcast and hopefully our listeners will learn a few things as well. Thank you for having me. Like I said earlier, what you're doing is really cool. And if you do want to come and teach in London, just send me a DM and I will give you any ideas that i can oh, thank you Amazing. i appreciate that yeah that's top, mad top thank, you. thank you shannon cheers guys thanks for everyone for listening and uh, see you all soon to get in touch with us following the latest podcast episode head over to at the teachers of tomorrow on instagram or over on twitter via at tft pod